Buckle up, everyone, and welcome to Carpool Rugby League, a show where two rugby league tragics talk everything rugby league on your way to or from work. I'm Graham. And I'm the Chameleon. Welcome aboard and on with the show. Yes, it's Tuesday, and you know what that means. It means we're going a day early. Um, how good's this? Tuesday night, we've got Carpool Rugby League. Griffo's on board with us, and um, geez, we, we've got a week to look back at and a week to look forward to. Plenty happening in Rugby League. Uh, round one uh, threw up a fair few surprises, Griffo. Yeah, a lot of surprises. Um, a number of teams exceeded... Uh, our expectations, most people's expectations, but maybe not their own. And there are a lot of teams that fell well short of uh, of expectations. So uh, it, it was uh, not a good week for the tipsters, one would say. Definitely not a good week for the tipsters. Um, I know there were a lot that really struggled this week. Uh, just to give an update on the Carpool Rugby League tipping comp, um, the early... Uh, the early leader here, we've got Presto007 out in front, but he's actually used his joker round. He's on 10 points. Um, Benny and the Jets also went early with the joker round. He wasn't as lucky uh, with only six points. But I think the thing that stands out for me, Griffo, um, I think if I just quickly count them, out of the 30 people we currently have in the Carpool Rugby League tipping comp, uh, we've only got about 12 still in the knockout. I know I got knocked out, and I think you got knocked out as well with uh, the Roosters. Yeah, I was definitely a knockout. The uh, the doctor in the bunker said, uh, he's off. He's <laughs> gone. <laughs> he's not coming. Category one. Yeah, that's right. He's we, not coming back. We both failed the HIA on that one. Oh, um, I was knocked out very, very early in the piece. Couldn't. Of Good. every competition that I'm in, footy tipping wise, I went all in on the Roosters. Yeah, and uh, they let me down badly. Um, yeah. But in saying that, the Knights were really good. Congratulations to Dane Gagai and the boys there who uh, surprised everyone, perhaps other than themselves. Yeah, definitely. And and uh, we'll talk about the uh, the games uh, last week in a moment. And just on the tipping comp, we've got a few people. Uh, probably the, the main one to, to point out here, uh, Dollar Billsy, also known as our mate Willsy. Uh, he's 30th. He is uh, last by himself with only two. It'll be interesting to see if he actually uh, tipped the Knights because he is a Knights fan. Also towards the bottom there, I thought it was uh, interesting to note. We've got Snoop8989, um, and uh, that's, that's, that's Michael. Uh, that's my brother-in-law. And he was actually one of the main ones that really pushed for this... Uh, Tipping comp chameleon, and he um he was saying to me in the weeks leading up, we've got to get the tipping comp happening because I'd love to see how I go against Carpool Rugby League and the other tipsters, and uh, so far not so good for him. Well, it's early days. It's it early is. days. It is early days, and um, not a sprint. Look, it's a marathon. That's exactly right, and uh, it was also interesting to see the margins. Um, I actually thought it was interesting after the first game of the weekend. Uh, it was uh, Eagle Dan, Caesars Eagles, who was actually on top. He actually had the closest margin and a tip Penrith. That was a bit of a surprise and um, and one that oh, we'll geez. definitely talk about. 
in a Because he was in the crowd in his manly jersey. Um, he, but, he, uh, he was. He, he got his famous spot on TV with the kids. So it's great to see the carpool rugby league community out and about. It's great to see the tipping comp happening. Um, and, and it was just great to have the rugby league back. Uh, but before we move on, Griffo, I'll just remind our listeners, if you haven't joined the carpool rugby league t- competition yet, ITIP Footy is the app. Uh, the comp number is 138164. Comp password is carpool. So 138164 password carpool. Uh, already we're getting some great feedback uh, on the tipping comp. People are loving it. The interaction's great. And uh, it's great to see um, you know all the, all the punters and fans get on board. And it's not too late. I mean, it's only round one and everyone went like a busted. So it's not like <laughs> you're going to exactly be long way right. behind. Like... Yeah, you have got a shot to be out in front after a couple of weeks with the way we're going. Um, but yeah, you make a good point there, Griffo. If you're going to join the tipping comp late, this is the one you'd want to join because it was a really hard round to tip. Um, most of us really struggled, uh, but just while we're talking on tipping, you've got a you've got a story. Someone that you know that's close to you actually was doing all right with their tips this week. Yeah, my sister. Um, for the first time, we're, we're having a family tip-in comp. And um, she was seven from seven from the first uh, seven games. Um, and that, you know, I mean, uh, it's not like she, she would have been guessing because uh, she's been a, a rugby league uh, follower all her life. So she does know a bit about it. And listener of Carpool Rugby League, of course, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, yes, yes. She, she was... Uh, she got in for our, our big 100th uh, anniversary one. And uh, she actually quite liked it. And she said, oh, it was really good. It was like, it was like she surprised us. Said, well, we, <laughs> yeah, so uh, uh, anyway, she, loved, she loved the ads. Uh, a lot of people, my, my daughter loved the ads as well. So we might have to get those sponsors back on board, I think. Yeah, we might even have to listen from some of those sponsors. Just a shout out to the sponsors that do so much to keep us here because without our sponsors, we wouldn't exist. And without the footy, we wouldn't exist. And uh, we might as well talk about the footy. Last week, round one of the Telstra Premiership kicked off on Thursday. The Panthers were outstanding in their 28-6 to win over the Seagulls with no Nathan Cleary. It was no problem for them out at Penrith in a great season opener. The Raiders and the Sharks had a really tight game. Raiders ended up winning that one 24-19. Another low-scoring game up at Brisbane where the Broncos got the job done over the Rabbitohs 11 points to 4. Um, the upset of the round, the Sydney Roosters going down 20 points to 6 to the Newcastle Knights. A lot of credit there to the Knights. The Dragons got off to a winning start against the Warriors 28 points to 16. The West Tigers uh, had a good showing against the Storm and gave their fans a lot of uh, a lot of positive things to talk about coming out of that game. They were right in it up to their eyeballs, but the Storm were too good in the end. 26 points to 16. Uh, big first half in this game. The Eels, 32 points to 28 winners over the Titans. A lot of points scored there, and it's interesting to see. We mentioned the Titans uh, as one of those teams that are going to score a lot of points this year. And as we see, they've also let in a lot of points, but a um, uh, really entertaining game of football. And then we had the Bulldogs take on the Cowboys. Cowboys fans thought that the Hammer had stolen it late. Unfortunately, it was taken off them, so the score remained 6-4 for the Cowboys. The Bulldogs, oh, sorry, for the Bulldogs, I should say. 
Uh, for the Cowboys, uh, unfortunately, they'll have to wait another week at least for their first win. And the Bulldogs, uh, one game already won. They only won three last year. Um, but uh, look, I think they've still got a long way to go, the Bulldogs, Griffo. That game there, I think if Shano was on board, it might have got an award for tonight. Look, it... It was an awful game of rugby league. Um, congratulations to the Bulldogs, who took home two points from Townsville. They were ecstatic, uh, and, and rightly so. I mean, the club has struggled, but the reality was you watched that game and you thought, we're watching the two worst teams in the competition. Uh, I was, you know, I thought the West Tigers were going to be in the bottom, and they may still be, but I thought mm. their performance... Had they been playing either the Bulldogs or the Cowboys, they would have romped home. Definitely, um, yeah. Uh, I, I missed the first 20 minutes of the game, and I can only be grateful for that. <laughs> I, sat through, I sat through. I don't know why I didn't oh, just goodness. switch it off and look at the result later. Because I love footy. I love footy, and sometimes the things you love in life can hurt you the most. That's right. And that was hurt watching that. It was tough. I'll, um, tell you, I'll tell you what wouldn't have hurt, though, mate. Um, Thursday night, uh, we, we talked about on the podcast, um, look, basically, you going into this game as a very big Panthers fan, um, you, you basically said, look, neutrals will be going for Manly here, and, and, and you gave the impression that it was... Um, it was your heart more than your head saying that the Panthers would get the job done. But, gee, they were good the other night. And it also raises some questions about the Seagulls. Yeah, everything you say, Graham, is correct. Um, I, I only picked them because of the heart. I didn't think they were going to win. Um, the loss of Cleary, I thought, would have been too much for them. The way they played against the Eels in the last trial just goes to show you that trial form doesn't count for a whole lot. Um, right from the get-go, they were switched on and they were unrelenting. Um, the scoreline at halftime really flattered Manly. Um, 12-6, you know... Penrith had a few tries to disallowed. We'll talk a bit more about that later. We'll go into mm. it now. But I really thought, you know, Manly would have went in the sheds on a high, knowing that they played poorly, yet they're only down a converted try. Um, and, I, and Penrith just kept going in the second half, doing the same thing, but they actually started to, to pile on the points. And uh, they sit atop the ladder at the moment uh, with a with a 22-point victory over the Sea Eagles. And a lot of questions for Manly. Mm. Those doubts about how they go against the, the, the strong sides are going to keep going. And uh, they've got... I, I couldn't believe how big the Manly forwards are. They're giants. Um, they didn't go anywhere, though. They didn't, you know... Um, Maybe they got too many giants. Uh, but Penrith just, you know, Penrith, you know, they, they use the gun tackle and they use it successfully. Uh, they controlled Tommy Turbo largely. And, uh, yeah, it, it was uh, it was a statement they made. Yeah. Um, 
that I didn't see coming, and Manly certainly, more importantly, Manly didn't see it coming. Um, even the 28 to 6 probably still flattered Manly a little. But um, yeah, as a Penrith supporter, uh, very happy. And, and I got, you know, I've got to acknowledge uh, the great game of, of Sean O'Sullivan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, his first, he is a Penrith junior um, back at the club, and I thought he was outstanding. He was. Um, not as I had him slightly just behind Isaiah Yo. I thought Isaiah Yo was magnificent player of the match, but uh, O'Sullivan um, instills a lot of confidence now. I guess in Penrith supporters, knowing that if not if, but when Nathan Cleary is missing from State of Origin, that uh, there's a ready made ready made backup who can can steer him around the park. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, and, and that was good signs for Penrith because we had questions about their depth. As we said, moving forward, it's only early days for Manly, but a lot of our questions about their forwards, um, they didn't go forward. They really struggled to get out of their own half. Uh, Turbo was contained well. Manly are slow starters. I, I think the stat I heard during the week, Griffo, was that they... Is it true they haven't won an opening game since about 2013 or thereabouts? It's um, a long time. Yeah, it's, it's quite phenomenal, especially for a team that's had the success um, of Manly historically. So that's definitely one to watch. Um, so Panthers, really, I think they were the standouts last week, especially considering some of the other contenders we have um, for the top eight uh, really, didn't, uh, really didn't stand up. The teams that come to mind are the Rabbitohs and the Roosters. Um, we, we were a bit uncertain about the Broncos going into this season. No Adam Reynolds. I feel like Griffo, the only person that actually gave the Broncos fair credit in the whole, you know, of, of sports media was yourself last week. Um, you, you actually gave the Broncos a, a fair chance in this one. And uh, they were very strong at Suncorp Stadium against a disappointing South Sydney side. Yeah, I gave him a chance, Graham, but I didn't tip him. I didn't think they were going to win. Um, and uh, I, I thought, again, this is one of those games, I think, 11-4. Uh, I think that really flattered the Rabbitohs because the it Broncos did. created but didn't score several tries in the, in the first half. They could have been up by 18-0 early in the piece. Um, yeah, out on that, I think it was the Broncos' right side, the Rabbitohs' left. It was carnage. Um, but as I said, they didn't uh, they didn't score the points. But so they got you know got an intercept. They only scored two, two tries. The Broncos, two mm. tries to one. But uh, they dominated. Yeah, and uh, there were you know warning signs for the Rabbitohs. I know they've they've changed the side this week and it looks somewhat better um but defensively out wide they really struggled on both yeah. sides it must be said yeah. um the second try in the second half was on the other side of the field where the winger came in for what seemed no apparent reason when both wingers are doing it you've got to believe that that's team tactics yeah and they are the team tactics. Well, those tactics need to change. Otherwise, they're just going to get, uh, they're going to lose a lot of games. Um, they've, they've got to fix that defense out wide. The other big story, as I said, the, the Sydney Roosters, we 
both and Shane included, who's not here tonight, but all three of us um, had the Roosters as minor premiers, and uh, we were talking about the Roosters being the team to beat this year, and um, they they started off with a loss. I don't think a lot of fans saw this coming. We didn't see this coming. This um this was the one as we said that knocked us out of the knockout comp and the tipping, but uh, we've got to give the the Knights a lot of credit to come down to Sydney and um and do a job on the Roosters at a ground where they traditionally play very well. I thought the Newcastle Knights were outstanding. Um, their commitment in defence, it's been their, their Achilles heel over the last few years, their defence. But I thought they were very, very good. They uh, forced a lot of mistakes on the Roosters through their defence. So there's great signs for, for Adam O'Brien and his team. Uh, I, I had them... Not right at the bottom, but I, I didn't even think they were going to contend for the top eight. But I've got, I guess I've got to rethink that um, if they can produce that sort of rugby league you know, week in, <coughs> excuse me, week in, week out. That's the big challenge for the Knights. Um, but uh, dare I say they would have been cock a hoop uh, with their with their <laughs> journey down to the SCG because uh, I did not expect that. I know the Roosters also, they don't have the best record in round one, um, but they've got a lot of work to do. Uh, that, that I, I didn't see that coming. Um, no. but well done, Knights. Well done. Yeah, and it's really good to see that the competition's not as clean cut and straightforward. As we said, we have people in our tipping comp using their joke around round one. People just thought... You know, based on our preseason preview, that it was going to be uh, to easy to see, easy to see who wins every week, and especially in round one without a game being played. But it shows that we might have a bit more of a um, spice things up a little bit this season. It might be a bit tougher for some of those teams than we expected. And what was tough for some teams on the weekend, Griffo, um, including the Roosters, they had uh, a try disallowed. Um, due to uh, the, the interpretation we've seen this week with the uh, obstruction. We saw this happen in the Panthers game with tries disallowed. Um, there were also, even throughout other games, I remember the Brisbane game, there were um, calls in play without even going to the video ref, where we saw players that are basically in the line, and it seems as though the NRL is cracking down on an obstruction where... Um, a defender seems to be obstructed, especially when you have a player who maybe the previous player earlier in the play has moved into the line. This is really... I mean, this is our big issue this week. This this is something that we didn't see coming. It wasn't something that we were told that we should be warned about. And it seems to be that this is just what it's going to be in 2022, that, um, well, players need to get out of the defensive line. Yeah, look, I, I agree. It is the big issue. Um, you know, come Monday, it was uh, it was on the back page um, for those handing those in the, the the lovely red and yellow in the city <laughs> handing out you know the big issue and back page stuff. Um, you know, obstruction, and I think that's the key word, Graham. Is someone obstructed or not? And if they're not obstructed. It's got nothing to do with the tribe being scored. I say play on. Four points. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I, I feel a lot of those ones on the weekend, a lot of punters um, you know, that I was watching the football with were basically saying, well, look, that try would have happened anyway. 
um, do we let play on? Well, they want a black and white rule. And, and to be fair to them, you know, in the past, there's been calls for black and white. But common sense. I'm a big believer that if you've got common sense applied to most things in life, you come up with the best result. And, you know, I was at the game blowing up. You know, I, I'll i admit, I did say the F word about 50 times. Papita. Um, <laughs> yeah, that one too. Um, yeah. Mm. It's not a bad dish, the old uh, Fajita. You know, I've had that once or twice. There was none of that, though, on Friday night or Thursday night even. Well, Mexican food. They they, they have yeah. Melbourne games, don't they? And the Mexicans. I do believe so. Up. But I think, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, you... we're Comments... talking. We're talking mainly about that second Penrith try, aren't we? Mainly the second one. Yeah. Um, like at the ground when the first one happened, I couldn't see where the obstruction rule. You know, where, who was doing it? But I did see a replay, hmm. and there was a player who I think might come into contact with a manly player, but. Was nowhere near the ball. Guy wasn't. It was nowhere near where Stephen Crichton stepped through. So I can understand where why there was a penalty, but again, I don't think it should have been the penalty. If there's no chance that that is actually stopping a try from being scored, but like, yeah, I'm biased on that one. Others I've heard talk about say the ref got it right. I've even heard some say the ref got it right on the second one with Brian Toto hmm. beat probably oh, five or six players, uh, at least, maybe more, um, as he came in field. And uh, Tommy Turbo was ruled to be obstructed by Jerome Luai. Yep. Now, Tommy Turbo did not put his hands up, did not complain. No manly player complained that there was an obstruction. Now, you think if a team has just had a try scored against them and they think that there was, uh, you know, any sort of uh, infringement, teams blow up. You see captains going over and, and all sorts of... They didn't do that. They yeah. knew it was a try. Yeah, I think that's that's a fair measure. If, if the opposition's not... No one's complaining about it. And and he wasn't impeded. Um, with the angle that Toto went at, he wasn't impeded, but it, it's frustrating because, mm. like, I guess everyone's got an interpretation. And, and again, it comes back to, you know, they've got these black and white rules yeah. about inside yeah. shoulder, outside right. shoulder. If you catch it on around, the inside shoulder and move to the outside. You do the old pokey yeah. and, and then you, you rule no try. And that's what it's all about. That's what it seems like at the moment. Um, but it's not a black and white game in that situation. Come back to common sense. Was someone obstructed or not? 
did that affect the person placing the ball over the line or not? If it did, penalty. If it did not, no penalty. Four points, have a shot at goal. Um, I mean, in the end, it didn't affect the result. Um, would I have been blowing up if Manly had a one because of that? Absolutely. Am I blowing up because Penrith won? I'm still blowing up because it was the wrong decision. Mm. And these are things that are going to happen in every game. They've just got to look at common sense. This, yeah, and uh, this is this is where it's tough because I think a lot of pundits I've talked to this week, Griffo, most people were in agreement like when they saw the first one and saw the replay with Liam Martin going through and hitting four and the way it's been refereed, you know, we, we, we were mostly in agreement that that was a, a no try, the people that I've talked to. This second one has really divided people. I think um, it's interesting when you've got in the commentary blokes like Michael Ennis, you know, who's played a, a ton of football at the highest level, basically saying, look, I, I don't know why that, would, that why that's not a try and, and giving their opinions and so on and so forth. And even um, some comments, people saying, well, where's he supposed to go? And this is where we start the argument to say, well, players, unless they're behind the play the ball, the, 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 the NRL, the way they're refereeing this, they're going to have an issue with where you are. So if you're in front of where the ball carrier is, it seems to be they've got an issue with you if something comes to the play, whether it be a break or a try or so on and so forth. I think what the NRL is trying to get these players to do is if you're a decoy and you run through, you need to be through the line. But we've, we've seen that in the past where they say, don't make contact, get through the line. Where the issue is also coming is teams will get a quick play of the ball. The players are almost, I don't know if they change the way they look at the ruling and say, well, if you've run through the line and they've played the ball, you're offside this play. It's a very, um, it opens up a big can of worms and it makes the obstruction rule bigger than what I think they're wanting it to be. This is a big watch this space because whether you almost say, look, if you've got to be behind the ball, I don't, I don't know how this works because this is one of those ones where some fans are saying, well, what can Luai do? He can't disappear. I've had other fans this week saying, well, why the hell is he there in front of him? That's the counter-argument. I don't even know if that's the NRL's push on this, whether they want to get players out of the defensive line from the attacking team. But to me, it feels like that's where they're heading. Yeah, you've made a lot of sense, Graham. I think it comes back to, in a nutshell, is someone obstructed Mm. or not? Yeah. If they're obstructed, blow the penalty. If they're not obstructed, blow the try. I think what the punters I'm are seriously is that I don't think that Luai stopped the defender from stopping the try. I think most anyone who's watched many games of rugby, look, the letter of the law, you could argue, the way they're refereeing and the way the rest of the, the round was refereed in hindsight, I can understand the referees calling it a no try at the time. It was a bit hard because it was the first game of the, the season. But this is where, you know, it, 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 is, it is tough in a sense where um, I think most fans are looking at it saying, even if we, we have the rules say that's no try, um, to call it an obstruction and say that the reason it's not a try 
is because the defender was stopped from tackling the player with the ball. Um, yeah, it, it's, 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 it's a real tough one. My main issue with this big issue, Griffo, is that I don't think they can sustain this throughout the whole season. I feel like this is going to be one of those flash in the pans where by round seven, this refereeing and being so strict on this rule will fade away. I can't oh, see oh. them pulling up the this as many as we've seen this week. I can't see this going on. It'll just... I, 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 I can't see it happening. I, I don't think it's sustainable. Yeah, well, well I guess we, we watch that space. Um, what we'll see, if, if that happened, uh, you know, back down on uh, Penrith's 20-metre line, is he blowing a penalty for obstruction? No way. Yeah, that's that that's a that's no right. way at all. Yeah, and that's the thing. If someone comes across and covers, we we saw a few in um, subsequent games throughout the week where players were were making breaks and they called them back. Um, and yeah, I was I was even interested to see in the games on Friday night obstructions called on the fly and even yeah. And, and that's a good thing. Mm. And that's I, I agree with that. Like the referee can see if someone's obstructed, they're obstructed, they blow the penalty. Um, and, and there were quite a few uh, over the weekend that had nothing to do anywhere near the try line and, and more so than what we've seen, I guess, uh, for a little while. So, you know, they can they know if someone's been obstructed or not. Yeah, yeah. Look, I think that's a watch this space. It's definitely something to, to talk about. Um, yeah, I, I think it's going to be one that's that, that we're going to bring up over the next couple of weeks. So it's definitely a watch this space. Um, probably something that's a bit bit negative. But uh, look, to, to hit up the, the positive side of things, we might as well see what caught your eye for round one, Griffo, for Griffo's grab. What you got this week, mate? Well, I've got a couple of things. I've got something that we've not talked about before, or not seen, uh, and I just a special mention to Steve Bradbury. Um, if anyone saw uh, DWZ's try um, for the Warriors against the Dragons. Uh, I didn't see it live. Most of that game I listened to on, on the radio. I was out. And then I looked at the KO Mini. And um, DWZ uh, uh, Dragons just went straight past the ball. DWZ just comes through, puts his hand on the ball, try time. It was, it was like it was like Steve Bradbury all over. So well done, DWZ. <laughs> there you um, but go. That's, that's not what grabbed my eye. That's just a special. Yeah, that's just uh, like uh, an entree. Um, <laughs> the real thing is Jerome Hughes from the Melbourne yeah. Storm. Um, in a game where they were right under the pump and the Tigers were playing so well, um, the Storm were, I think, at the time down sixteen ten with not a, a huge amount of time left on the clock. And Jerome Hughes from about, I don't know, 10, 15 out, not a long way out from the line. He just went, to, I think it was right foot step, right foot step. There might have been a left foot step in there. And uh, under the post, he went. He beat a number of Tigers on the way to the line. 
and it's not just the movement that he, he, he did, but it was the timing and the, the position and the game was in. The Melbourne Storm were down on a number of their best players who didn't take the field. They had players uh, go out with injury, which we've seen since season-ending injuries. I'll get that out in a moment. Mm. Um, But Jerome Hughes, one of the few senior players from an attacking point of view, um, and he just stood up. And we've seen him do that time and again over the last few years where he just gets the ball close to the line, step, step. He just finds a way through. He found his way through under the post. Conversion, 16 all, and then we saw the storm go on and another couple of tries. But without that play, maybe they don't win the game. So I I really, uh, this young man, Jerome Hughes, who had a couple of clubs, I think it might have been originally with the Cowboys and had a game with the Titans or a game or two. Nothing uh, happening up there. He goes down to the Melbourne Storm. They turn him into the one, one of the best players in the game. Um, so uh, Jerome Hughes from round one, Griffo's grab there. Yeah, and, and, and you mentioned there the Storm. I mean, Jerome Hughes, we've talked about him for a few years being absolutely vital to this uh, this team and probably... In a team of superstars may not get the credit he deserves. But another big point out of that Storm game, as you touched on there, Griffo, we've got some um, some lengthy injuries and some big injuries coming out of the weekend for the Storm especially. Um, in their game we saw, which I think is huge blow, people, we can't underestimate how important that the co-captain Christian Welsh is to this team. Um He's going to miss the whole season. Uh, he tore his Achilles the other night against the Tigers. We also know George Jennings will be out for the whole season with an ACL injury. And to top that off for the Storm, Brandon Smith is out for five weeks, I think they're reporting, with a broken hand. Um, massive blow uh, for the Storm. Uh, we've seen a few injuries this weekend, Griffo. I'm being a Panthers fan. Uh, you'd know that Leota's also out for eight to ten weeks. Um, Sean Johnson's going to be out uh, for a little while. So is DWZ. Uh, Sean Russell from Parramatta. Uh, yeah, he's yeah. out indefinitely with the fractured ribs and a punctured lung. Um, Hodgson and Schneider will miss this week. Um, they've picked up injuries for Canberra. So even though um, the Storm got the win on the weekend and Jerome Hughes got your uh, grab... Uh, it came at a cost for them. Massive cost. Christian Welch, uh, I really feel for that guy. He has had some serious injuries through his career. Um, ACL injuries, I think he might have done it twice. This one uh, is the Achilles. And this was going to be a big year for, for Christian Welch. He's now the, the club captain. Um, he's a, a walk-up start for the origin. He's been really good for Queensland over the last few years. Uh, he's been a bit of a nemesis to Nathan Cleary in, in a lot of the, certainly in that grand final where the Storm beat Penrith. Um, and I dare say he would have been a, a, a prop forward for Australia at the World Cup at the end of the year. Yep. 
So all of that is not coming his way. So I, I really feel for him. Um, seems like a really uh, a good guy. Um, and uh, I just wish him all the best in his recovery. But I don't know if the Storm are going to be able to uh, lose a player of, of that standing um, and going on and win this competition without him. Yep. Um, they they may, they may, but I think it's going to make it tough. George Jennings, again, you, you feel for that guy. Um, he hasn't played a huge amount of first grade rugby league, but he found a home in Melbourne and, uh, and as expected after he left Parramatta, when he went to Melbourne, he became a better player. He became a regular NRL winger and, um, while losing George Jennings to the storm is not the biggest issue, but it's a massive issue for the young man himself. Um, you know, who, who just really established himself as a, as a regular uh, NRL player. So um, sad for those guys. And uh, obviously you mentioned a few other guys that have got, you know, injuries in some cases, reasonably serious, but not, necessarily season ending. I didn't hear what was the verdict on Hodgson because it was fears originally that he was going to be out for the season. From what I gather from what you said, that's not the case. Now, with Josh Hodgson, um, what Canberra is saying is round four to five for that knee injury. So... um, not a serious one then. Yeah, so... Still, they'll be without him for a couple of weeks, but um, good news in the sense that there was talk that it could be uh, the whole season. So, um, you know, there's there's obviously the injuries starting to pile up for certain teams. I mean, we talk about the Storm. I mean, those three players, I mean, they welcome back some players this week, and I'll talk about that in a moment, but uh, that's in addition to Cooper Johns and Tom Eisenhuth are already on the sidelines. They won't be back till about round five. Uh, it's, some some teams are already starting to, to develop a bit of a list. Um, one that stands out for me, and we'll talk about them in a moment, but even after that great performance on the weekend, uh, team to just keep an eye on with their injury list. There's a few players on that injury list still for the Knights. Um, obviously, Daniel Saifidi, Suasa Su, um, Jaden Braley. Uh, there's, there's, there's a few players out, and as we said with Penrith, I think... Leota's going to be a big loss for them. And we haven't mentioned... Um, Huge loss. Massive Huge loss. And a late scratching just before the game on Friday night, Blake Taft for South. He's probably going to be out for another three or so weeks. So um, plenty of injury news there. Sam Verrills from you know the Sydney Roosters. There's a blow there. So even early on in the season, there's definitely plenty to keep an eye on with the uh, injury watch. And... Um, the other thing we're keeping a watch of is uh, anything that makes us laugh during the footy. And there was uh, there was one particular incident that I'm going to talk about this week for Graham's Gap. All right. So this week, guys, for Graham's Gap... Um, we had a bit of a chat about this one, Griffo. We thought there might be a couple of contenders. Um, you know, a bit of talk about the the uh, the Newcastle Knights try off the James Tedesco mistake. But my favourite, I do love 
the uh, the Patrick Herbert dropout for the uh, Gold Coast Titans. If you haven't seen this, um, this is a good fun one that obviously is going to be doing the rounds for a while. There's a bit of a highlight reel and a bit of a laugh. It's a good old-fashioned gaff. Uh, pressure on to come up with a big play. Line dropout for the Titans. Patrick Herbert's gone for the short dropout. And I don't reckon he could have done it if he had tried. He has hit the corner post on the full. Um, that gets Graham's gaff. I, I actually think... Um, you know, if if you if you gave him the ball and nine times out of ten said, "Hey, try hit the corner post," I don't reckon you could hit it on purpose. I give him nine hundred ninety-nine <laughs> thousand. He's not going to do it again. No, nah, he wouldn't want to do it again in a game. No, no. no. It, uh, <laughs> yeah, like as soon as I saw it, I sent you a text. I he think. did. And well, I were you watching it live at the time, I Graham? Did. I did. I saw it live, and I was thinking the same thing at the text came through, yeah. and I had a laugh because I thought, geez, this is this is what the gaff was. This is just a good old-fashioned have a laugh gaff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, poor guy. He's, uh, in his last two NRL games, he's, um, he's come <laughs> up with a, a couple of interesting uh, outcomes that he probably won't look back on fondly. He's, he's a good player, Herbert. He's a good player. Um, but a few things that uh, I guess that, you won't want to see replays of. That's true, because the, the final play in that game against the Roosters, this semi-final, um, I think it's Corey Thompson who's still yelling at him to get the ball. So, um, <laughs> yeah, big big gaff, bit of fun. But, um, yeah, it was, it was one of the more lighthearted moments over the weekend. So it was great to see that in round one we're getting um, a good gaff contender. All right, well, round one was, it's in the books. It was uh, it was a great round of footy, plenty to talk about. But I think, Griffo, the main thing we need to do is have a look towards round two. Uh, I know we didn't have the, the best week in regards to the, the tipping. Um, but uh, I, I think what we might as well do is just have a look forward to what's coming up this week for our round two preview. <laughs> All right, so kicking off this weekend, um, massive game. On Thursday night, the big games just keep coming and coming. The Melbourne Storm, off the back of that win against the West Tigers, are hosting the South Sydney Rabbitohs down in Amy Park in Melbourne. Uh, For the home team, we just touched on those injuries there, so there's got to be, obviously, big changes to the home side with Brandon Smith, Welsh, and Jennings. Uh, They're all out. However, they do welcome back Munster and Harry Grant, um, they're coming back after their suspensions. Uh, Bromwich is also back after his COVID-19 quarantine last week. So uh, whilst they lose three big names, three come back in. Uh, for South Sydney, probably no bigger name for them than Latrell Mitchell. He is back for his first game since that infamous uh, suspension on that shot with Joey Manu in round 24 last season. Uh, just as I said before, just a note for South Sydney fans, they're still looking at a couple more weeks for Blake Taff. So um, not huge movements for South Sydney. Uh, Mitchell back in the fullback. Alex Johnson shifting to the wing. Uh, look, I think the story every time South play Melbourne in Melbourne, Griffo, is the fact that um, they don't win down there. They, they won't like the sound of that. And um, a lot of South Sydney fans didn't like the look of what they saw against Brisbane the other night. This is going to be a much tougher ask against uh, against Storm, the Storm, even with those players out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
I'd say the Storm have actually got, even though they, they lost a few players, they've actually got a stronger team this week than last week with the uh, addition of, of Harry Grant and Cameron Munster. Um, yeah, uh, two two massive players out, obviously, as we discussed with um, with the Cheese, Brandon Smith, and also Christian Welch, but. Um, you got pretty handy number nine coming in there and Harry Grant, who I think at the end of this year will be the Australian number nine, um, you know, barring injury. But And then you've got a guy who's probably likely to be the Australian number six, Cameron Monster. So um, they're big ends um, matched up with, well, South, you know, they can bring in, you know, as you said, the biggest name, uh, for the Rabbitohs is Latrell Mitchell and he comes back in. Uh, he's not been there for a little while because of a, an indiscretion last year. Um, that team changes significantly with that star power that he brings. Um, it's going to take some of the pressure off Cody Walker um, because they're going to be looking not just for Cody but, but also Latrell. Um, and I think Cody might need a little bit of pressure to be taken off him because uh, in his last two mm-hmm. games, there's been a couple of crucial intercepts uh, that he's passed. Now, no one um, intends to throw a ball that's going to be intercepted. Um, there's always that that piece of luck from the, uh, from the defender who's taken a risk in doing that because you can look silly if you don't take the intercept. But... Um, Yes, obviously the Broncos were putting a fair bit of pressure on Walker last week, and it probably, you know, did have an impact. He was four thirteen. That's where it came. In both those games you're talking about, the grand final and last week, South Sydney were really struggling to find a rhythm and get those points, and he felt as though he had to um, force his hand and pull out something big. And uh, yeah, that's 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 something where I think you make a good point about the pressure need to be taken off him. Yeah, Latrell is, you know, he's going to be targeted. So when you've got two focal points there in, in, in Walker and Latrell, that certainly asks a lot more questions of the defence. And when we know Melbourne, they're, they're renowned for their defence. So um, they'll have done their own work. Um, it'll be interesting to see, you know, with Alex Johnson back on his, uh, what I believe is his best position on the wing, Yep. Um, you've got Walker, you've got Mitchell now on that left side. Really, the only one missing now is Gagai. He won't be there, but um, it's up to Jackson Polo, I guess, to to step up and, and form, you know, tr- try and reform what they had last year, which was the most dangerous uh, attacking left side in the NRL. Um, so... Uh, yeah, we'll see how see how it goes. Uh, you, you look at this South team, and, it, and it's a really strong team. Um, but gee, they, they were down last week. They were they were way down on their best. Um, I can't see them breaking this hoodoo they've got in Melbourne, uh, where they've never beaten this. It's hard to imagine. Um, Unbelievable, isn't it? That in, in the sort of quality sides that South have had certainly in the last decade, um, 
that they and I guess maybe it's not every year that they've gone down to Melbourne, but still, um, they've never won there. And uh, yeah, it'd be a surprise to me if if, if that changes uh, on Thursday night. But um, so I got to stick with the Storm. Yeah, um, not just because of the hoodoo, but I just I still I've got concerns about the defence of South Sydney out wide, and, and I think. Melbourne have got players there that can uh, can exploit any weakness in defence. Definitely. One of those players, Cameron Munster, back this week, um, he'll add a massive um, massive boost to the uh, the Storm side. One, one stat that I thought was interesting coming out of round one, Griffo, was the fact that neither South Sydney nor the Storm um, had the majority of the possession in their games. So South had 48% of the ball, the Storm just 45%. I think one thing that says a lot about the Storm side, they had all those injuries, they had less ball, but they just found a way to get the job done in the end. And I think that might be the difference between them and South Sydney from what we saw from round one, especially adding that um, adding Cameron Munster back in. I don't think they lose a lot with Harry Grant coming in either. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know if you'd agree with me there. I just felt as though when they needed to pull something out of... Um, you know, out of their backside, so to speak, South really struggled, but the Storm eventually got the job done. I think that shows the difference between the two. Um, one one thing we one other person that's come into the Storm side this week um, is uh, is Jesse Bromwich. They're called yeah. Captain. Yeah. So, yes, they've lost a high quality front rower in Christian Welsh, but they bring back one that's almost as good in Jesse Bromwich. So. Um, yeah, three three big ins for the storm, and uh, it's going to be tough for South. But as we saw last week, uh, anything's possible. Um, but I'm sticking sticking with the storm down in Melbourne. First yeah. game in Melbourne for quite some time. Yeah, I'm I'm going with the storm as well on this one. And uh, people who know me know that that's um that's a pretty big call being a a strong Rabbitohs fan and uh, and knowing that I'll. I'll see. In the tipping comp, I'll probably end up tipping South, but uh, I know people listen to this to get a get an unbiased opinion, but um, I think uh, that that if I'm tipping with my head, it would have to be the Melbourne Storm here, and um, I could very well see South Sydney being uh, 0-2 uh, going into their big game against the Roosters next week, and then having the Panthers after that. Um, very tough run ahead for South Sydney. So it's definitely a big game, but um, yeah, I, I, I actually think the Storm will uh, will get the job done down in Melbourne and continue their uh, unbeaten record against South Sydney in Victoria. Okay, the second game of the round, uh, your Panthers, Griffo, they're going to be away to the Dragons at 6 o'clock on uh, Friday, uh, technically as the as the table sits at the moment. It's first versus third, so we can uh, we can try and sell this one as a top four matchup. Uh, here heavyweight we go. battle here. <laughs> it's a heavyweight battle here. Um, with the Dragons, uh, Aaron Woods here, uh, he's out with a hamstring. He's replaced by Francis Molo in the front row. That's going to open the door for uh, George Burgess to come into the team. Uh, apparently, he played New South Wales Cup last week. Um, Tarek Sims in the reserves. Uh, which is interesting to see him stay there, especially with some uh, injuries in the forward pack, because we know that Jaden Sewer and Jack Bird at the moment are the preferred second row. Um, 
The big news for the Panthers, as we mentioned, Moses Leota, he's going to be out for about eight weeks. So Spencer Lenu's uh, coming into the starting side. And Matt Eisen, who's coming into the 17 by the looks of things. Um, Panthers last week, I'd have to say, Griffo, out of all of the teams, um, if someone said to me, who actually stood up? I know it's only one round and I'm getting a bit excited here, but which of the teams looked like a contender and looked like that they were um, the team to beat? I, I think the Panthers were the best team last week. Yeah, I think I think that's a fair statement. Um, challenges can they uh, can they replicate that sort of uh, sort of effort? Um, it's a pretty similar team. Uh, just it's Moses Leota, who unfortunately uh, is missing. Um, Spencer Lanou, we don't see him start very often. Um, I don't know if he's actually started an NRL game. He's come off the bench usually and, and not played big minutes, but this is obviously uh, his time to to take the lead now because uh, he'll be expected to play bigger minutes. Um, Matt Eisenhuth, is, uh, he's got lots of uh, NRL experience, played most of the year last year in that lead up to the premiership, but uh, missed out towards the end uh, of the season, particularly when uh, Tavita Panga Jr. joined the club. I don't think we saw Matt Eisen who played too many games uh, from that point on. Um, but he, he knows what to do. He'll take the ball up. Um, you know, if you had to ask me, say three, four weeks ago, you know, this, you know, Dragons v. Panthers, it's just no-brainer. Um, yeah. Um, but to their credit, the Dragons have shown a lot in the last, well, in the charity shield initially. And then last week, I thought they were, they were quite strong against the Warriors, got the points. Um, it's a tougher ask this week because um, the Warriors played well in patches last week. And you would expect that the Panthers, they're not a patchy side. Um, they're there for 80 minutes. And that's what separates the Panthers, the Melbourne Storm, from the other teams, is that they, uh, they're at you for 80. And whether St. George Illawarra... Now, I expect St. George Illawarra will score some points because they've got so many uh, attacking weapons, particularly in the back line, we talked about that last week. The concern for the for the Dragons is will their defence stand up to what gets thrown at them? Because the Panthers, um, they're pretty relentless. They'll keep coming at you all game. It'll be interesting to see who the Panthers target, where their kicks go. Um, last week, they must have kicked to... Uh, to big Jason Saab 90% of the time. I don't think the, the, it wasn't till right at the end of the game that they actually put one to Garrick's wing. Um, that was their tactic and it worked uh, to a T. So I'm sure the Panthers coaching staff have worked out what they're going to do with their kicking game. Um, Ravalau was, was obviously... Um, Ravalicious last week uh, scored a number of tries with power game. Um, 
He's been a bit rocks or diamonds over the years, but it was certainly uh, more diamonds last week. Um, Tyrell Sloan, I rate him so highly. Mm. Um, he's a silky, smooth runner. Um, he's going to be, a, you know, a, a really, really good player in, in years to come. Suli, we know, is damaging in attack, as is Zach Lomax. Rams is handy. Uh, Talatau Moan with his step and his... Uh, his skill level, he, he actually posed Penrith some, some trouble last year when they played the Dragons. Might have been a moment's debut game, and he played very, very well. He scored a try, set up another, and then Ben Hunt is their best player. So if they can keep that one to seven uh, fit and well, they're going to beat a lot of teams, the Dragons. Um, forwards, uh, the Dragons went well last week also. It's quite a mobile pack of forwards they've got there. Um, and uh, with with off the bench, the size of George Burgess to come into the game at some stage, Josh Kerr's good. I've always rated Gajewski quite a good player. So they're going to test Penrith. Um, being played at, uh, at Net Strata Jubilee, which is in Cogra. Um, if you're a Dragon supporter, you think... Uh, because they're very passionate. Um, they love their team to go well, but uh, some of the Dragon supporters will just go and watch the game to bag them when they're not going well. So, <laughs> But they're, they're on a bit of a crest at the moment, or they're building. So uh, you'd think, uh, you think it'd be, you know, although it's a 6 p.m. game, sometimes it's hard to get to those ones, but you'd expect a big crowd. It's going to be dominated by red and white. Um, but I think uh, Penrith will be able to deal with most of what the Dragons throw at them. I do think the Dragons will score a few tries. Um, Penrith have to, to score a few more. A uh, couple of mentions from last week. Well, obviously, Isaiah Yo was outstanding. Or Sullivan, we mentioned, uh, very good. I thought Corey Sal was, was very good. Fisher-Harris up front, as always. Um, Kikau and Martin were both strong. Martin damaging uh, the Sea Eagles, both in attack and defence. One bloke I want to mention in particular, who I don't think had a great year last year, um, was Charlie Staines. I thought oh, he yeah, was. Yeah. Um, I thought that's just about his best game, apart from his debut at Cogger when he scored four tries. Um, but Charlie Staines had the problem last year. He tried to play a power game and he didn't have the power. Um, it was a bit like uh, poor old uh, Billy Idol back in the <laughs> grand final. Was that that ah, game? That was so, a good game. I'm going to get some power and then I'm going to rock. <laughs> I love my footy. But uh, I think Charlie Staines Classic. has, he's put a few kilos and uh, <laughs> I was impressed with his game. He was actually making very good meters. Um, I still want to see him get some clean ball. Um, but anyway, uh, I thought he was good. Tago was was very, very good. Chris, uh, Steve Crichton, he, uh, he's back to his best, Crichton. I'll tell you, I'll tell you who I think deserves a big mention. I actually thought you were going to say this for a moment there. I mean, we mentioned Sloan and his impact at the back for the Dragons. Uh, setting up a couple of tries against the Warriors. Dylan Edwards, if you haven't looked at his stats for last week, have a go because he's the type of bloke where people don't always uh, understand the impact he has. 
and it's not always noticeable. He's not the flashiest guy. And then you have a look at the stats and you, you realise that he's run for 344 metres. Exactly, Graham. I think you hit it on, on, on the head there. So he's valuable. not the flashiest guy. A lot of what he does sort of goes sight unseen. Hmm. But he just, uh, he's really developed into this Mr. Reliable um, for the Panthers. And when he doesn't play, the team is not as strong. Um, and I noticed that a few times last year when he was out. Um, while Stevie Crichton's, a, you know, obviously, a, well, he is a flashy player. We thought, okay, you've got Crichton at fullback, it's going to happen. But Dylan Edwards, um, he's a vital cog in this team. I'd, yeah, I was going to say, I'd almost argue when we, we look at that forwards battle last week with Penrith and Manly, uh, the start to the sets that Penrith get from, say, a Dylan Edwards um, really, really gets them on the front foot and gets that set uh, set rolling. I, I think he's, he's phenomenal. He's, he's key to the success of this team. And I think, as you said, Griffo, the, the balance across the park for the Panthers, everyone knows their job, everyone does the job. And whilst there are some... Um, some real talent in that Dragons team. Um, I, I just think across the park in every position, um, Penrith just has such a wonderful, wonderful team uh, hitting the field this week. Yeah, I agree. So Penrith, uh, I'm going to tick that box uh, for this week with a tip. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking Penrith as well, and I think uh, I think they'll have a, a pretty good night out. <laughs> Okay, moving on to the second game on Friday night. This is going to be a really interesting battle. Um, very keen to see how the Roosters and the Seagulls bounce back after last week. It could be harder to pick than a broken nose, but we have the Sydney Roosters again at the Sydney Cricket Ground, 8.05 on Friday the 18th of March, taking on the Manly Seagulls. Uh, for the team news in regards to this one, um, they have named Victor Radley and Billy Smith Despite suffering head knocks last week against the Knights, they'll be monitored during the week. That's usually the line they give us. Um, Jared Weir Hargraves, name to start, may well stop swap with Fletcher Baker, as they did in round one. So that's just one to keep an eye on. Uh, Dylan Walker, we mentioned him last week, wasn't a part of the squad. He returns at the uh, expense of Young Cooler. He, he only got a little bit of game time. I think they just want to give him a taste in his eight minutes, uh, but by the time he came on, it was all it was all gone for the uh, Seagulls and the Panthers had the game wrapped up. Um, Carl Lawton, he's uh, named on the bench, even though he had that head knock in round one. Uh, Andrew Davies named amongst the reserves. He uh, played for Blacktown Workers last week, so that's one to keep an eye on as well. Bit hard to get a gauge on these two teams, Griffo. We expected big things from both of them last week, and I'd have to say both teams were disappointing. None more so than the Roosters. Um, not sure what we put this down to. Really, more needed from the Roosters, and the, the Manly forwards we've, oft, we've talked about already this week being uh, disappointing as well. How do you see this one going? Well, it's it's uh, it's hard to pick. Uh, I, I didn't see the Roosters being a possibility of losing last week. I saw Manly as a possibility of losing, hmm. 
they were up against the premiers. Roosters were up against the Knights. So if you look at that from that perspective, Manly had the what you would expect to be a much tougher game away at Penrith. Penrith, uh, Blue Bet Stadium, Penrith have won 18 games in a row. So not too many teams go to Penrith and come back with the points. Um, and I dare say not too many teams would have been uh, the favourites to do that. Manly went in favourites um, with Cleary out, but they were very, very disappointing. Um, Penrith, I guess, uh, used the blueprint uh, that maybe was started by the Melbourne Storm last year in how to stop Manly. Um, you'd think uh, the Roosters with their smart people like Trent Robinson there probably uh, took note of that and uh, I think they'll be trying a, a similar tactic so it's up to Des to come up with a little bit more than just you know pass the ball to Tommy um, yeah it's uh, I, I'm going to tip the Roosters but I don't have yeah. any confidence um, they they've really got to make a bit of a statement here too, because a lot of people, myself included, had them as minor premiers. And they may still, just because yeah. you win, you know, just you lose the first round. Right. They, they've lost the first round a lot, still being minor premiers. Um, if they lose a second game here, then I guess there'll be a few more question marks about this team that, that, um, and I'll have a few more question marks myself. I, I still think on paper they're, they're just about the, the best side going around. Um, but games aren't won on paper. You can ask, you know, the Newcastle team last week uh, prove that. Um, I think the Roosters need a lot more out of uh, guys like Jared Warrior Hargreaves, um, who might be a little bit embarrassed by the fact that. Uh, he made a number of mistakes last week. Um, he got, I think it was maybe uh, Kurt Mann who picked him up and sort of put him on his backside. Um, Taki Aho as well. Uh, I thought he was, uh, he made a few mistakes there where he put the ball down. And I think he thought he was a decoy runner once or twice, but uh, you got eyes open. Um, balls there, you got catch it. So, yeah, both sides guilty of mistakes last week. Um, I just lean towards the Roosters. Again, it is a Roosters home game. Um, Turbo v Teddy, that's, uh, that's I guess, a highlight, isn't it? You've got two best number ones going head-to-head. -head. Um, both who didn't necessarily have their best game last week. Um, yeah, it... It's, it's a big night at Rugby League, um, Friday night. Uh, I know, you know the Dragons are not considered a top-line team at this stage, but for me, I'm obviously interested in that game. and going to follow it up with what is a very interesting game, even as a neutral, uh, to see how these two, you know, I, I don't know if we call Manly a heavyweight yet, um, but they were up in the top four last year uh, after the... Uh, the 25 rounds, but as we saw up against the strong sides, um, they struggled. They beat the Roosters in the semifinals, but the Roosters were half a reserve grade side. They're not that now. Um, 
I'm going to stick with the Roosters, Graham. What about you? Yeah, this is a tough one, isn't it? Because And like you said, Griffo, um, when we look at the teams we predicted to be in our top four, three of them are in action on um, Friday night. The other one, the Storm, on Thursday. And then South, you know, have been in the top four previously. So over Thursday, Friday, big, big couple of days of football. Um, geez, this... Usually, uh, I'd be very confident to tip the Roosters. Last week, I was very keen on the Roosters. Uh, I'm going to stick with the Roosters. The challenge here is um, not knowing what you're going to get. And I think last week just showed that we can't just assume this year that the Roosters are going to be strong or Manly's going to be strong. And we never know. Penrith or the Storm could, could hit a hurdle this week. And even last week, the Storm weren't as convincing as we thought. I'm, I'm basically just going off the fact that I think the Roosters are going to come good this year and I think they're going to be a really strong team. I think they're going to be an absolute juggernaut in this competition and I think them more so than the, um, the Seagulls are going to contend this year and that's purely all I'm basing it on. Um, I was, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it still, uh, that battle, as you said, between Tedesco and Trebojevic. Especially being a New South Welshman, how great is it to have these two guys uh, running around and in a couple of months' time we'll be talking about them being selected for the Blues. Um, but that, that for me is a real battle. I also want to see, especially last week as I, um, I indicated that I was uh, considering Luke Keary as the Daly M medalist, if he's going to win that Daly M award, um, he's really got to step up and take some of that pressure off Sam Walker and... Um, that that really needs to start this week. I think also for Manly, um, I think a little bit more confidence in their outside backs uh, is needed, especially when um, you know receiving the ball and coming out of their own end to to really help their team get on the front foot. And that's something we talked about the Panthers doing really well uh, through Edwards. Uh, I'd like to see Saab and and Garrick and Harper and Parker really in their own twenty help out the forwards in that first one or two tackles. That's something I really struggled with the other day. Um, but yeah, even for the Roosters, not used to seeing them being on the wrong end of the run meter tally. Uh, obviously not to the extent that the Seagulls were. So through the middle is going to be big for both teams this week. Uh, I'm going with the Roosters, but uh, I don't know if you'll find many tipsters who will be confident in tipping this one. Okay, moving on now to our Saturday games. Uh, The first game will be up on the Gold Coast, where the Titans are going to host the Warriors. Uh, This week, in regards to the team news, the Titans, um, AJ Brimson is good to go after missing the season opener. He's going to slot in a 5-8. So Will Smith's going to go to the bench with Tenor Boyd dropping out of the 17. For the Warriors, uh... Big in for them. I think this is a massive addition for the Warriors team. Reese Walsh in at fullback. They're also welcoming back Matt Lodge from suspension. So we see a bit of a shuffle there with Harold, uh, Har- uh, sorry, uh, Harris Tevita moving to 5'8", I'll get there, and Cody Nikarima dropping out of the side. We also mentioned that they have a few injuries there. Um, probably the most notable one I talked about earlier being Sean Johnson. Uh, so that's... Obviously going to change a few things around for them uh, with Ash Taylor coming in at fullback. 
These are another couple of teams, Griffo, that um, we feel might be in that uh, mid-table mess around the uh, bottom of the top eight, top of the bottom eight. Uh, the Titans last week, I'm not sure if you saw that first half against the Parramatta Eels. Plenty of points dude, to be had. Sites and rugby league. It, I'll be honest with you, that was a very entertaining half of football. Uh, for for a neutral just sitting on the frown, on the lounge on a Sunday afternoon with a with a few beverages, that was uh that was quite entertaining. Oh, it was it was wonderful rugby league. Um, maybe not a game for the purists uh, in that first half because it was you know some pretty poor defence to be fair, um, and a lot of it was coming from the Gold Coast. When Para moved the ball wide, it was almost uh, try time every time. Um, poor old Greg Marju, uh, he had a few nightmares. Uh, he looked lost a few times. Um, I'm not sure what happened to um, Corey Thompson, but it was was he injured or was he dropped or because he was named. Uh, yeah, I have to look into that one. He's not. Uh, he's not in the. You think he's going to make the top twenty-four of the of the Titans. He's not listed there. Um, but to, I did think they improved their defence in the second half. Uh, Parrot didn't actually score a try. They, they got a number of penalty goals, which got them home. But, so certainly at half time they, they uh, recognised that there were a few issues and then their defence did improve quite significantly. Um, Thompson, scoring tries. Just, sorry, mate, was a yeah. hand injury. His yeah. background yeah. three. Okay, um, I think he's he's a better option uh, uh, in the number five. But um, Marju's a powerhouse, but I think he's got yeah some defensive issues there out wide. Um, I was impressed with the sex bomb last week. He threw a beautiful ball. I think yeah, maybe that was try. Yeah, that was um, a nice ball. Yeah, so uh, big confidence booster. He did well, uh, pretty well with some, some kicks from the sideline as well. So he's a young man on the rise. Uh, Campbell at the back was good. I thought, you know, I, I, I thought he might have been a little bit lucky to stay on the field um, with that injury to young Russell. I know it was not intentional, but I've seen guys put in the bin for less than that. Um, and I thought the Gold Coast were extremely lucky not to um, concede uh, an eight-point try there. Um, whenever you see anything like that on the try score, intentional or otherwise, when knees come into contact with ribs, I think that is enough to get, uh, even though it's not intentional, I think that should have been a, an eight-point try. But anyway, I mean... Yeah, uh, and it's you know, interesting too because we've seen... Um... I'm trying to think. Uh, I think was it was it Brown from uh, Parramatta who last yeah, year did against Brown, East. I think he got a couple of weeks for that. He did, um, and I don't think he got binned either. Um, I think there was a couple of incidents in that game where Para guys didn't exactly uh, get penalised in the way that maybe uh, the Roosters thought they deserved, but. I think the Brown one was different. Um, Brown led with the knees. He actually had his hands up in the air. I don't know what he was thinking, but um, there was, I'm not saying it was intentional, but 
No, I don't, certainly I don't. reckless. Jaden Campbell, different story. He did not lead with the knees, but yeah. still, when knees come into and and the young man suffered quite a serious injury, set out for an indefinite period with broken ribs and a punctured lung. Um, so we didn't miss him. Uh, I just thought, and I'm not calling for you know a long suspension or anything, but I I think he, he was a little bit lucky there, um, and certainly to not at least concede. He wasn't even charged. Yeah, well, I, I think at the very least, Paris should have had a, an extra kick in front of the sticks for another two points, but uh, mm. it is yeah, what penal, it is. Penalty sufficient, eight-point try. So you get the try plus the uh, the penalty for the uh, for the foul play and then move on. This, this, this shapes as another one of those games, Graham, that you, know, you could see a lot of points scored. Neither team is noted for their defence. Um, and the addition of Reese Walsh certainly improves the attack of the Warriors. But the big change this week for the Warriors is not just Walsh coming back, but it's it's um, Sean Johnson out, mm. Ash Taylor in yep. against his old club. So you think Nathan Brown... He's putting it on Ash Taylor. So here you go. These guys, uh, they didn't think much of you. They were very keen to let you go. Um, Show them what Sean, you can do. They were missing, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I just think, I think overall, I, I like the Gold Coast in this game. Um, while both teams, you know, have some high quality attacking players and strong, big, big forward packs. Um, that are pretty mobile. I just think uh, the Gold Coast will score more points. Uh, Brimson is a big in. They missed him last week. Um, unseen at number six in the NRL, but he's a quality player. I think they've just got too many guns. You've got guys like David Vavita, uh, Jaden Campbell, Brian Kelly. Herbert's a good attacking player. Um Waker was good last week too. Waker is a high quality player. Yeah, um, and they got the uh, the stability that Isaac Liu provides. And, and Big Tino leading them. I just think uh, uh, I'm convincing myself that the Gold Coast Titans win this game at home. Um, but the Warriors are not without a chance. No, I, I think you've convinced me too to go with the Titans. I was thinking the Titans. Um, when I was looking at this game earlier today, uh, just looking at the teams, the ins and outs when they were announced this afternoon, and I, I just I, I like the enthusiasm that I see in the Gold Coast Titans team. Uh, even as you said, they're forwards. They are mobile and they're, uh, they, they still get the job done. They, they still make the metres. As I mentioned, Mo Fodawaka, I think he ran for over 100 metres. Um, I think it was up around 120-something. And his post-contact meters were really large too from, from memory as well. So he's just going to keep getting better and better. Uh, I also like the um, the the talent they have with Jaden Campbell at the back. Really interested to see what Brimson comes in. And Sexton, I felt last week, um, had some stability there in the halves for them. So I'm liking the Titans in this one, especially considering they're up there at home. So... Um, yeah, Titans for both of us. 
All right, second game to happen on Saturday, 5.30 p.m. will be at PointsBet Stadium, where the Sharks will host the Parramatta Eels. Uh, this one, Griffo, we see uh, the Sharks in the same 17-man squad that uh, went down to Canberra. Um, the only person really back for the Sharks is the coach, Craig Fitzgibbon. Um, from what I understand, uh, given all the COVID protocols, he should be able to uh, make it to the game this weekend. Do keep in mind, though, uh, number 19 this week, Cameron McInnes. Not sure if he's a chance, but uh, definitely worth noting that he is on the reserves list and he would be getting very close to a return from that knee injury that, um, that kept him out of round one. We mentioned for the Eels that Sean Russell is out after that incident in the uh, game against the Titans, so there's a bit of a reshuffle for them with uh, Wonga Black going to the wing. Tom Opacek coming into the side at centre. Uh, Oregon Kafusi is going to play number 13 this week with Ryan Madison out. Peace with Oregon. Yes, that's right. <laughs> the state of Oregon um, is is in the team, uh, affectionately known as Portland. Uh, Nathan Brown back in the squad after playing reserve grade last week. Uh, Cartwright also on the bench after he was 18th man last week. Um, we just talked about the Titans. The match they had was against Parramatta. Plenty of points to be scored there. Uh, they got the job done, Parramatta. They were able to get the win last week. The Sharks, I tipped the Sharks last week, and um, unfortunately they did not win. Uh, and I think they've still got a little bit to work on as well. But some promising signs with Nico Hines at halfback. Yeah, absolutely. Um I thought, yeah, they were certainly good in patches last week. Uh, in the second half, it looked like they were going to take that game after being down 18-6. They've got plenty of attack in them, um, this Sharks team. Uh, again, question mark about the defence of, of the side. Uh, you've got a couple of guys who, who can get a little bit... Uh, worked up the two centers both really good players but sometimes their enthusiasm just gets the better of them and, and i thought jesse ramian giving away that penalty mm. um, the sharks were up 19 18 they put kick downfield they just didn't time his hit on the, either the winger or the fullback which allowed the raiders to go downfield and, and, and eventually I think I don't know if it was in that set of six, but I think it might have been. They scored to to hit the lead again, and uh, that sort of attention to detail is is something that uh, they need to develop. Um, I'm concerned with the fact still that they've got these four forwards on the bench. Uh, I would think that, well, I'd hope that they uh, also. A guy like Metcalf or Connor Tracy, who's in the reserves this week, he wasn't there last week. The Sharks were missing a lot of players last week. Um, Wade Graham also, he's out for a little while, uh, but there was no McInnes, no Tracy, uh, no uh, Jack Williams, and I think there might be one other as well. Um, so they, they were missing quite a few. Put on a good performance. I, I, I thought Matt Moylan... 
I thought he made a few mistakes that were in some cases not well, they weren't forced. They were just I didn't think he had his best game. Um he's a highly skilled player. Uh, and I'm not sure this Wonga Blake on the wing is interesting for Para. Um, he's moved there in place of uh, of young Russell, who I really feel for. A young guy on the way up got his got his chance. I think he scored three tries, at least two. Mm. Um, if, you know, in the process there of the second or third try when he got injured. Um, There's a fair income curse on the Para wingers, isn't there? I mean, if you want a blight this week, you'd, you'd want to make sure that you you put a bit of extra strapping on. Yeah, um, it'll be interesting to see how Wonga defends on the wing. Um, I think the Sharks will definitely target him. Opacek's a good player. He's more of, a, I guess, a defensive player, but he's solid. I like Penasini. Um I like both teams, to be honest. I think both these sides will be in the uh, in the eight. Um, interesting to see if State of Oregon does actually uh, take the field rather than Nathan Brown, who was the you know has been the paramount lock for a little while. But uh, I really, it's a fifty-fifty one here for me, Graham. I, I'm probably just leaning towards the home side. Uh, because it's their first game back for for a few years, um, I think they might play the trial. Uh, so I did I did see a game at that that stadium. It wasn't last week. So um, the ground itself doesn't look to have changed. It's it's the the things around the ground that uh, the work's been done on. Um, nice part of the world there around Woolaware and near Wanda Beach there. Um, and, and the Sharks, who were financially on their knees a few years ago, um, with the approval of, of all that development, they're now uh, financially very secure. Um, I don't know if you've been down there in recent times, Graham, but no, uh, it's sort of become high-rise city around uh, around the ground there. Yeah. Um, that was all uh, on land owned by the Sharks. So yeah. Uh, in the early days, whoever made that decision, and they're the only team that owns their own ground, uh, whoever made that decision to purchase all that land, similar to what Penrith have, uh, you know, did out at, at where the club is, um, very wise, and, and the long-term financial future of the Sharks is quite assured as a result of uh, of those changes in the zoning that have, that have allowed them to uh, or, or sell off the land to a developer at uh, at plenty of cash coming Sharks way. Um, so their long-term future is is bright. Short-term future, I'm going to tip them. I'm going to, you know, uh, while I think uh, Para will finish higher up the ladder, I just think this week with some of those changes uh, to the Para side, and I thought Mattison was very good last week. I didn't even realise he was injured. But uh, I'm, go- I'm going to stick with the home team. They need to win because they didn't get the two points last week. And uh, I think... Uh, while they're probably underdogs, I'm going to stick with them. Sharks for me. Yeah, I'm going to go with Parramatta in this one. Uh, as you said, this is a tough one to pick. Um, it's it's not one of those games where I'd be gobsmacked if the Sharks got the win. But I think just um, just a bit more stability in key positions for uh, for the Eels, especially around their halves with Brown and Moses. And I know Gutson in the back there. 
Um, you know, Nico Hines and Matt Moylan are still trying to find that combination. And also, too, as you said, with Matt Moylan, just, just little things, even in regards to his decision-making. A lot of people, um, you know, saying that he pulled the trigger a bit early with the uh, the field goal. Others uh, would suggest, look, if it's there on offy, off it take points. It didn't work no, out I, for him I, last week. I didn't think that was a mistake. Uh, I, I thought it was, you know, take the lead while you got the chance. I, yeah. I didn't see that as well. Uh... It was actually it was actually interesting even you know while we were watching the game I, I was actually the same with you I was like oh they're in front and um, yeah my brother actually said he said oh he said he's, he's pulled the trigger too early there's still plenty of football to be played here so very interesting how how that one gets viewed by by different people but uh, you know it was a very very good insight there from uh, from my big brother so um, yeah definitely a definitely a fair call there. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll stick with Parramatta in this one. Uh, as I said, they've got plenty of points in them. Uh, and I feel as though the Sharks may not quite be able to match the amount of points that they've got. Uh, I'm forward to watching the game, Graham. Yeah. It really is a, is a really good game. Two, yeah. two good sides. No, this is, this is one of those ones if you're a neutral and, uh, and uh, on Saturday, you've got the opportunity to definitely make sure you're, you're in front of this one. I think this might be one that divides the tipsters, and it's divided us here with Griffo going for the Sharks, and I'm going with the Eels. Our final game on Saturday night, we'll see the North Queensland Cowboys coming off a narrow loss to the Bulldogs, uh, taking on the Raiders, who got the job done over the Sharks, uh, as we just mentioned uh, there in our preview. Uh, for the Cowboys this week, uh, Jordan McLean is replacing Tanua Brown in the starting side. Tanua Brown's got a knee injury. Um, apart from that, uh, very similar personnel. Uh, Matt Frawley is going to play halfback this week. Um, Brad Schneider, he's been forced into COVID isolation. We talked also about Josh Hodgson, who is expected to miss about a month with his knee injury, uh, as you'd expect Tom Starling taking over there. Um, so, yeah, uh, for the for the Raiders, a big injury concern. They are coming off a win last week. The Cowboys, uh, there was about a... Uh, what? A, a toe in it, really. The hammer just offside... Um, from a kick which would have given them the win last week. This game here, Griffo, um, the, the Cowboys, as we said, wasn't the most entertaining game last week. I'm trying to find a nice way to say it. So <laughs> it was poo in boots. But um, look, credit to the Raiders. They're coming off a win. Yeah, they are. And I thought they were, for most of that game last week, I thought they were really good. We saw the... Biggest name, Jack Whiten, step up and play his best game in quite some time. If he can repeat that, the Raiders win. Uh, I really uh, am disappointed for young Schneider. I thought he played well last week. Yeah. Uh, Matt Frawley, he's been around for a while. Uh, played a few games at the Bulldogs. Yep. Uh, he really is a, a backup player. Um, he's not your front line seven um but you know he, he does have the experience so uh is sam williams still running around with the raiders oh, i noticed number 20. a little bit surprised perhaps that he didn't get the nod 
Thought yeah. Shot. Says a bit about where he is in the pecking order, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, a more experienced player, but there's some big names on that reserves uh, list there. Ryan Sutton, of course, uh, I, I think was um, we didn't know about uh, the I don't know if it's his girlfriend or his wife. Um, she's obviously a friend of Mrs. Tarpany. <laughs> they yeah, must follow that. each other on socials. Yeah, uh, I don't know yeah. how much of a friend she is of uh, Ricky Stewart. No, not a friend. Uh, <laughs> she just, uh, she's off the Christmas card list from Ricky. Um, oh goodness! We do know that uh, Ryan Sutton is moving to the Bulldogs next year, and he's obviously out to favour uh, in Canberra after what I thought was his best year in the NRL last year. Um, Sebastian Chris is a guy who's a good player um he's uh not in the lineup again it's a value my uh, tomoko i rate highly as a young player velamai uh, i probably don't rate quite as high i think he's another rock sword diamonds merchant um but you know ricky's showing the faith in him they're putting him in against uh, above for uh, sebastian chris xavier savage is another guy um that I thought might have been a starter. Um, there was a lot of talk pre-season about Savage at one and, and uh, Nick Clockleshan starting in the centres, but um, that didn't eventuate. But we will see Savage in there at some stage. Um, they're up against a team who... Uh, I'm still struggling to believe I tipped them last week, but they were playing the Bulldogs. I did tip the Cowboys for the wooden spoon and um, they gave me a lot of confidence after last week that, uh, that uh, there's, that's, you know, I was going to say some silverware, but it's not, it's wooden. Um, and uh, I just don't rate them highly at all. I didn't see a lot out of Chad, Chad Townsend to suggest, you know, he's, he's worth the 800 grand that he's reportedly on. For three years each year geez done well there he's manager i want to get him as my manager um <laughs> i thought you know he did try hard and so he did but the team scored one try um against the bulldogs yeah why is scott Drinkwater wearing 19 and not in that uh either at six or seven there's got to be more to that there has to be. Yeah. Because this was a team that that struggled in attack. They had, in the second half, a lot of ball on the Bulldogs' line. Really didn't look like scoring, apart from when the hammer, um, you know, went over, but he was offside. Uh, they did re-sign, um, and, and uh, my uh, nephew is a, is a good friend of, of Scott Drinkwater. They played... Uh, for the Terrigal Sharks, the Terrigal Womberl Sharks. I remember going to watch them play a grand final uh, uh, many years ago uh, up at Central Coast Stadium. And I said to, to him last year, we had the scoop uh, at the time. It's the only scoop I've ever had in my life, I think, um, where I said, uh, you know, like uh, if Sign did and Townsend, what's happened with, with uh, Scott? And he said, we signed for two years. And that hadn't been out in the media at that stage, and, and it was true. Um, they got a question 
why have they re-signed him and not playing him? Because for mine, mm. he provides that spark that was sadly missing uh, the other night. If he, in my opinion, and for what it's worth, um, if he had a play against the Bulldogs, the Cowboys would have won the game. Um, he's still not playing, and I still don't think they're going to win. So, uh, and the Raiders are coming off a very, you know, good performance last week, and I think they win this one as well. Yeah, pretty much, Griffo. I think it's as simple as for me, um, given the performances last week. Uh, the the Raiders played well and they uh, they surprised me. I didn't think they'd get the job done against the Sharks. Uh, I thought it would be a cl- close game, but I had the Sharks tipped. They pleasantly surprised me. Um, the Cowboys, uh, I wasn't too pleased with their performance. I'm very hopeful that they might get a few more wins this year, but um, very hard for me to tip uh, a team that performed the way they did last week, especially considering that I have them for my wooden spoon. Raiders coming off a win, um, and and it'll be a good good thing for the Raiders. I mean, if they get the job done here, uh, to be two and zero, especially with uh, teams like um, you know the Sharks going down last week, you know there'll be a big game for them. All of a sudden, you know that 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 they start to to shuffle up that order. Um, of those teams battling for a top eight spot. So I think it'll be um, a big game for the Raiders and a, a good start to the year if they get the job done, which I think they will this week. It's just three years ago, Graham, since they were a grand final side and many thought we were a little bit unlucky to lose. Um, Seems like a lifetime ago, doesn't it? does seem like a long time ago, yeah. yeah. But it's, it's still essentially the same side. I mean, it's, they've lost a few, but... Yeah, it's, it hasn't been a mass uh, turnover of personnel. No. no. Well, I've got them winning this week, so do you. So uh, good luck to the Raiders and their fans this week. Um, hopefully for them it's uh, two from two. Okay, uh, following on from that game, we then move on to our Sunday fixtures. Uh, the first of which will happen at McDonald Jones Stadium up at Newcastle with the Newcastle Knights coming off that massive win against the uh, Sydney Roosters. They take on the West Tigers, who had a big task last week against the Storm, but just couldn't get the job done. But uh, they they showed some really good signs in that one. And uh, as I said earlier, they impressed their fans. As you'd imagine, the Knights have named the same 17 that kicked off uh, last week's season against the Roosters. Uh, Daniel Sofidi, I've noticed, is named amongst the reserves, but uh, from what I'm hearing, no one's really expecting him to play. Uh, the West Tigers, they welcome back James Tamo after that suspension that we talked about uh, in the preseason. Uh, he only served one match for that, so he'll be back this week, which means Tor goes back to the bench, Gardner to the reserves list. Uh, Jake Simkin has been named and is expected to be good despite hurting his shoulder against the Storm. This is another game, Griffo, where this is a totally different analysis if this was done a week ago. The Newcastle Knights were the biggest surprise packet of the season, uh, the season opening round, I suppose, of the season so far, with their win against the Roosters last week. And this really changes everything. We've got the Knights with um, you know, a big win already on the board, pushing for their top eight uh, position. Against the Tigers, who 
Whilst I went down last week, there were a lot of positive signs. Uh, many Tigers fans would even talk about this match and argue that um, they were right in it uh, until towards the end. And even uh, at halftime, I think a lot of people were looking at this match saying, oh, geez, I can't believe the Tigers are winning. People are calling up their mates saying, oh, the Tigers are up, the Tigers are up. Can you believe it? And I think what was really really positive coming out of last week wasn't just the fact that say the Knights and and Tigers matched it with the um with the top teams but the Knights actually got the job done the Knights missed only 13 tackles I mean that's the fewest of any side um the Tigers they missed 21 which was fourth best these are stats where we we normally associate these two teams having uh, a lot of missed tackles and really struggling in defense um, it was a, it was a really good turnaround for them, especially considering round one games can be a bit scrappy. Choosing a tip in this one, uh, I think we've really got to look at last week's matches. Uh, given the the impressive start to the season for the Newcastle Knights, uh, it'd be very hard to go against them. I think a lot of tipsters will argue and say that um, if the Knights can beat the Roosters, then surely they can beat the Tigers. Tigers fans will, will also argue that they had a really positive showing last week. But I think the addition of um, Dane Gagai was a big one for the Knights. I think it just rounds out that uh, that back line. We know the uh, the talent of Bradman best on the other side. Uh, Adam Clune settled the team well last week. And even in the um, the absence of uh, Daniel Saifidi, the forwards went, went forward and did really well. So uh, for me, Griffo, I'm actually going with the Knights in this one to uh, get the job done over the West Tigers. Yeah, well, I can't disagree with any of what you've said, Graham. Um, both sides, yeah, uh, good performances last week. Um, Knights were able to beat the Roosters. Uh, if you look at the West Tigers, You'd have to think they're probably not as good as the Roosters. So you'd have to say Knights win. But don't always work out that way. <laughs> it's not always that simple. <laughs> so, and, and that's the sort of side Newcastle have been for a few years where they can pull off a, a win that maybe you didn't expect and then come up against a team they are expected to beat and then they don't get the job done. I'm going to stick with them. I think uh, at home, first game... Uh, and you'd think uh, the performance last week will have put an extra, at least an extra 5,000 uh, Novocastrian uh, buttocks. Oh, yeah. um, if that's not going to get you out and supporting your team, then probably nothing will. But I think um, I think it's a you know a big game for them. If they can, like, similar to the Raiders, one of those sides that we probably had just on the uh, outside of the eight, um, the more points you build up at the start of the season, uh, the closer you get to uh, to playing finals football. Um, and I've almost forgotten they actually did play finals football. <laughs> but uh, it's yes. because they sort of, you know, well, we didn't really see them as a serious uh, threat. No. Um, but with Gagai there, uh, and the, the Clune was really good in his first game. Uh, I just think Newcastle win. But again, um, I don't discount the Tigers. No. 
Okay, moving on to our final game of the round. Uh, the Canterbury Bulldogs coming off a win last week. Take on the Brisbane Broncos, who are also coming off a win last week. Uh, this is a top eight clash at the moment, Griffo, technically. I know there's a lot of football still to be played. But uh, Bulldogs... Bulldogs and Broncos fans will be reminding everyone else that both teams have wins last week. They'll come head-to-head at Accor Stadium in Sydney at 6.15. Uh, for those who haven't kept up with the changes in sponsorship, this is formerly ANZ Stadium. Uh, the Olympic Stadium is probably the easiest way uh, to put it for those wondering where this game is happening. Uh, for the Bulldogs, Tavita Pengai Jr. set to make his dog's debut after missing round one. Uh, Corey Waddell moves to the bench. Um, all four players who suffered head knocks in last week's game, that included Burns, Naden, Marshall, King, uh, and Patolo, have been named to play uh, Patolo on the reserves list due to all that shuffling. Big news for the Broncos. We're actually seeing their captain play his first game for the club. Adam Reynolds will return from, um, well... The club's saying COVID protocols, um, but there's a lot of conjecture as to what actually kept him out. It's all irrelevant now. Adam Reynolds will play this week with uh, Albert Kelly shifting from half back to five eight. Billy Waters going to the in- uh, Walters, I should say, going to the interchange bench. Tyron Roberts out of the squad. Uh, Tessie Neu has recovered from a hamstring injury and takes over at fullback from Jermaine Asako. Um, the Broncos, Griffo. They were really one of the surprises of last round uh, for a lot of tipsters. Uh, they're actually welcoming more talent back into the side uh, in addition to what the team did last week to uh, last year's grand finalist in the Rabbitohs. Very interesting to see if they can back it up against the Bulldogs who, whilst we said they um, they weren't the, uh, the, the greatest performers last week, uh, the game is in Sydney. And uh, be interesting to see how the Broncos back it up. One thing I wanted to ask you about, actually, Griffo, now that we're talking about the Broncos, I actually thought it might have been a contender for the grab, but um, I want to get your thoughts. Did you see the Kurt Capewell field goal in oh, last absolutely. week's game? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gee, he struck yeah. it well, didn't he? <laughs> he did. Um, and, and good on him. Uh, obviously, you know, coming from the Panthers, uh, uh I'm interested in, in how it goes. Um, yep. It'll always be part of 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 Panthers' history as a as a premiership winning player. He, he was only there for two years, but um, he was he was a very important part of that team last year. Um, and uh, I was pleased to see him have that. You know, he was captain of the side uh, and um, and did really well to sort of seal the game with the field goal. Uh, interesting game this one uh, one of the big points of interest to Vita Pangar Jr. plays his first game for the Bulldogs in, in the NRL um, we saw some of his antics I guess we'll call it in the trial game and perhaps that was part of the reason why the Broncos were quite keen to um, to let him walk out the door um, he'll have a point to prove, I guess. Um, it's a very fiery Bulldogs pack of forwards with the likes of Luke Thompson, Jack Hetherington, Tavita Panga Jr. Um, 
you, you've got to think what are the chances that at least one of those guys won't get binned. Um, Hetherington <laughs> got binned last week and uh, I felt sorry for him actually because it wasn't through, you know, a hard tackle or anything. It was just repeated infringements by the team and, and he just happened to make the one that the ref had had enough with. Um, interestingly, the Cowboys could not score a try against a 12-man Bulldog side and and um, hence, I guess I, I was quite critical of, of the Cowboys earlier in their attack. Um, I think the Broncos win this game. Uh, if they can produce the sort of performance they did against South Sydney where they beat one of the... Um, you know, one of the heavyweights of the competition um, without their new captain and general in Adam Reynolds. Um, I think that game would have given them a lot of confidence. And uh, they look strong uh, on paper. They've got a lot of attacking options. Um, for mine, while the Bulldogs, you know, they've got a lot of good big name players, I still think there's question marks on, on their back line in defence. Um, I like Brent Naden as, as an attacking player, but I've seen a lot of him at Penrith. When he's played in the centres, he does tend to get a little lost in defence at times. It's not that he can't tackle. Um, it's just that he has some poor reads. Um I would imagine he's going to be up against Katoni Staggs. Um, that's going to be difficult for him. I'm not convinced about Ockenbohr as, as an NRL player. Um, I'm still not convinced about Jake Avarillo as a, as a number seven. I think he's a good player, but I don't know if he's a number seven. Marshall King did some really good things towards the back end of that game against the Cowboys out of dummy half. Um, I just think the Broncos here. Uh, but again, again, probably, I think they'd probably be expected to win after what they did last week as underdogs. Um, the Bulldogs, likewise, they would have got a lot of confidence out of getting a win, uh, even though I don't think they played all that that great. Um, they did only let one try in and, um, and that's something mm. they'll, they'll draw on. So uh, it'd be interesting, but I just, uh, for mine, it's the Broncos. Great. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going with the Broncos too in this one. And as you mentioned, it is interesting because both teams coming out of low scoring games. So I think, you know, you can only play against your opposition and we can say what we want about the Cowboys, but um, technically, the, the line for uh, the, the Bulldogs was only crossed once. Um, well, it was crossed more than once, but only once that would count. Uh, the Broncos were, were very similar. For uh, a team like the Broncos who were building to come up against last year's grand finalist and uh, only conceived one try, which was, a um, yeah, I suppose, a, a very typical South Sydney left-edge backline play, uh, was great news for them as well. And it was something, too, that I think needs to be be touched on, and I think some of these new players that the impact they're having, like like a Kurt Catewell, I think, um, I think having players like that who have 
played at Penrith, who have played in those big games, I don't think it's a coincidence that he was the player when something had to be done late in the game and they needed someone who was tough, gritty, to come up with a big play that it was uh, Kurt Capewell. He's used to, to being in sides like the Penrith Panthers that in those tough games against good teams get the job done. Uh, for South Sydney, um, oh, sorry, for the, for, for the Broncos, I should say, playing against South Sydney last week, the other thing I want to mention was whilst they got over the line twice in the game, once an intercept, they actually had a couple of tries disallowed. So I think it's also a good sign for the Broncos in their attack that they were able to cross the South Sydney line, not only twice for those tries, but I think it would have been four times all up. So that's something just to keep in mind. They should have won by a lot more last week. Yep, totally, totally agree with that. The other thing I think uh, in the Broncos' favour this week, um, I think it'll be a good thing for them. They've got an eight-day turnaround. It's a very, uh, I suppose, untypical. Uh, it's not very typical that they would be playing on a Sunday. Usually we're used to the the Thursdays and the Friday nights. Um, they play Sunday this week. They have the Sunday game again next week. So over the next few weeks, um, you know, we, we, we've got a long turnaround here for, for the Broncos. I think they'll fare better coming out of that. Um and yeah, I think the Bulldogs, I think I just need to see a bit more for them. I think the the thing for the Dogs is whilst we know they've got a new per, lot of new personnel, I think we're still going to see um, some challenges there while these players gel, um, especially, um, you know, those combinations with, say, a Matt Burton and a, and a Matt Dufty linking up, just finding those links there too with, with their centres in Burns and Naden who are all... Uh, good players have just got to find uh, find that gel. And, um, yeah, I'm very interested to see, obviously, how Adam Reynolds goes this week. I think he'll only add to the Broncos team. And after an impressive performance where they thoroughly outplayed his former team in South Sydney, I think the Broncos are the team that you would want to get behind to get the job done again in this one. I think so. All right, Griffo, well, that's uh, round two previewed. So, um, plan to look forward to this week. Uh, as we said last week, there's a story for each game, and I, I feel very similar this week, especially, you know, on Thursday, we've got the Rabbitohs trying to overcome down in Melbourne. We've got the Panthers, see if they can roll on. The Roosters, Seagulls, I think there's a big story there to see who can stand up in that one, and... I think just about every game this week uh, is one that you have to keep your eye on. There's no there's no duds that you, you you want to skip because I think if you miss a game of football this week, you're definitely going to miss something uh, important for this competition. Absolutely. Uh, yes, every game, uh, every game offers something and, and some games look quite appetising. Um, so... Uh, Teams that lost last week, they won't gonna, they don't want to be, uh, you know, oxygen this, you know, after this week, zero and two. Um, <laughs> they'll be sucking it in, but they, they don't want to see it on the ladder. Um, and uh, and you know, obviously the teams that won last week get that confidence, and uh, they they want to stay in the top eight, and uh, if they keep winning, they'll be there. 
Um, there are some games where, you know, we see both uh, round round one winners um, and, and there are a few games where, you know, two round one losers. So uh, the O is going to be on the ladder for some teams after this week. And uh, it's not something you want to see in the loss column. So plenty to play for. And uh, yeah, I thought really uh, it was a good round of rugby league in round one. Um, not just because it was round one, and, you know, we, we look forward to round one, but there was actually some really good quality rugby league played. Um, so uh, look forward to round number two. Definitely looking forward to round number two. Also looking forward to uh, having your company again next week. Uh, Shane sends his apologies, was unable to record tonight. We are going a day earlier, so hopefully this will allow our fans to get through the podcast a little easier this week. But uh, good luck to your team. Have a great week, everyone. Bye-bye.